difference. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد وين سورة السبع سورة نمبر 34، أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قال الذين كفروا لا تأتين الساعة قل بلى وربي لتأتينكم عالم الغيب لا يعزب عنهم إثقال ذرة في السماوات ولا في الأرض ولا أصغر ذلك ولا أكبر إلا في كتاب مبين ليجزي الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات أولئك لهم مغفرة ورزق As we discussed last week the surah begins with Alhamdulillah or praise due to Allah the framework of the Quran is about praise praise to Allah Praise to Allah's names and attributes, His efforts, His works, not His efforts, His works, uh, His creation. If we have a positive mindset towards Allah and towards whatever He has created. This positive mindset allows us to be in the world, live in the world, navigate in the world with the theory that they are always going to be solutions to problems and uh, the way forward for human beings is to adopt two qualities as they will be mentioned later on in the surah one is the quality of shukr to be grateful and the other is the quality of sabah which means to be patient and persistent with this with these two you will be in the framework of the Qur'an, which is about praising Allah, Alhamdulillah, the first ayah of the Qur'an, in Surah Fatiha, is Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, shows that the Qur'an wants to develop a mind and a mindset and a group of people that are positive about God, and positive about the ability of God to create goodness and welfare, as long as human beings are able to appreciate what it is Allah has given. Those who do not believe in God, or they don't believe what God is saying, what Allah is saying, what do they say? They say that the final hour will not come. So we, meaning who follow the Prophet Muhammad wasallam. We see that Allah responds and says, Qul bala rabbi, say, O Muhammad, that of course it is going to come by my Lord as an oath. Most certainly it will come. Allah is the one who knows the unseen, which as I said means the future. 
nothing escapes him, not even the amount of an atom, of a seed, neither in the heavens nor the earth. Allah knows everything there is to know that exists in the heavens and also in the earth, and nothing that is smaller than a mustard seed with God, no greater than that, except that it is already pre-recorded in a very open manifest book. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows human beings to understand that the cosmos, as they know it, is organized. And it, it is run and governed through a system. And that all that is recorded and documented so that they may appreciate that their own lives should be the same way. That you organize yourselves. And the way to organize yourself is uh, three levels. One is uh, the level of spirituality, aqidah, where you believe that Allah does exist and Allah does control and command. And the other is the level of ethics and morals, where you have sabr and shukr, where you have patience and gratitude. And the third is at the level of action and interaction, which is known as amal. So if we operate on these three levels, then we will be seeing the praise of Allah. And we will be singing the praise of Allah. And if we do not, then we will be in a state of kufr. If we deny Allah's existence, that's kufr. And if we do not appreciate Allah's inamad blessings, that's also called kufr in the Quran. That man is in the state of kufr. Kufura, as mentioned in the previous surah. Ultimately, what's going to happen is that Allah will then reward those who believe and those who do good deeds, which I just categorized for you. For them, indeed, there is a very, very warm forgiveness and a very noble and honorable provision and risk and sustenance, not only in this world, but especially in the other world. So the approach that human beings have towards God is how they act and interact. If you see God as someone who is worthy of praise, Alhamdulillah, then you will behave this way. It will translate into you, into your mindset, into your ability to navigate you and others. But if you see God as something else, and you disbelieve in Him, and His ability to forgive you, and His ability to provide for you, maghfirah and risk, the ability of Allah to forgive you for your imperfections, for your sins, for your mistakes, and his uh, ability to provide for you, nothing's going to happen. Then you're not believing in Allah. You are believing in your imperfection and the imperfection of others. That is kufr. That is the worst thing that can happen to any human being, uh, whether it's on an individual level or societal level. When an individual becomes fatalistic, pessimistic, despondent, and unworthy of God's praise, and unworthy of praising God, then he fits the bill of being the worst. He will be the worst. 
But if a human being, despite having issues and problems, understand that Allah is always there. And whatever was supposed to come to me is going to come to me. I have to go out and get it. I don't know what is coming, what is not coming. I believe in Allah. I believe in forgiveness. I believe in sabr. I believe in shukr. And you manifest all of that in your behavior with yourself and other people. Then you are a believer. And Allah will reward you, inshallah. This is at the individual level that you can do this. Those who don't want others to believe this and to behave in this way that uh, who is God, what is God, what does it matter? God is not there. I don't mean necessarily in words. People say this in words, they're atheists. So we're not talking to them, we're not talking to the atheists, which the Quran is going to address also in the next one or two The Quran will address the atheists, those who don't believe in the hereafter. What I'm saying is that at a societal level, if the Muslim mind and the Muslim psyche does not appreciate that, the human beings are full of imperfections. Full of imperfections. No human system is perfect. No human being is perfect. And nothing that we do in this world is ever going to be perfect. The only perfection is that Allah forgives us. And then Allah provides for us. So despite us not believing in Allah, Alhamdulillah, we're still here. Despite us not doing what Allah wants us to do, Alhamdulillah, we're still here. The only word that comes up from your mouth is Alhamdulillah. Another way to describe Allah's ni'mah upon us. Despite all of these incredible mistakes and sins and you know, actions of rebellion and defiance and arrogance and stubbornness, we're still here and we still have risk from Allah. Allah keep us that way, inshallah, and give us more with barakah. So there's ability of the human being to see Allah's now hamd. Allah's praiseworthy actions. And all of his actions are praiseworthy. No action of God is unpraiseworthy. Now, that's your world view. That's who you are. That's what you are. With this, you deal with everybody. You deal with your spouse. You deal with your children. You deal with your relatives. You deal with your teachers and your mentors. You deal with the community, society. Yes, everybody makes mistakes and Unacceptable, unacceptable sins and commit unacceptable crimes but there is an akhirah there is another life after this life after this imperfect life you're going to be on a road towards a perfect life what is the perfect life? that for the believer and those who do good deeds their graves inshallah Allah make our graves this way will be filled with nur and will have a very, very nice sleep. We'll be in a state of peace. And the doors of Jannah and the gates of Jannah will be opened up and we'll be smelling all the aroma and the perfume that comes from Jannah. And we'll be at total peace. Allah give us that. Isn't that a much perfect, much better life than uh, you can have all the best mattresses in the world. If you can't sleep, you can't sleep. <laughs> If God has deprived you from sukoon, uh, you ain't getting anything in the world. Right? So that's, you're going towards a better existence. 
So the Akhirah gives the human being this hope that there is something better to hope for and to anticipate after death. And then on the Day of Judgment, through Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's inshallah, there is forgiveness and there is Jannah. What is Jannah? The perfect place. But you have to believe in it first. You have to hope for it and long for it. And then you have to do what it takes to get there. That's called good deeds. If you can see that, then you're on the right road. But if you do not see that, and you do the following, وَالَّذِينَ سَعُوا فِي آيَاتِنَا مُعَاجِزِينَ أُولَٰئِكَ لَهُمْ عَذَابٌ لَرِسْمٌ Those who strive and struggle and they make a concerted effort to overcome and overwhelm us and our signs by stopping others from believing in what they would assume is a fantasy and that they would assume is uh, something that they should not be doing as a preoccupation or as a priority in life, meaning work for the Akhirah. Then for them, Allah says, there is a terrible punishment. Huge doom and punishment, meaning it starts here. How does the punishment start here? By you losing hope in you, in everybody around you. You losing hope in the community, in the society. You losing hope in humanity. Period. That's the punishment. The huge punishment is psychological, albeit. And it may be later on translated into political failures and societal failures and individual failures. Allah is now saying that this is the rule of law and nature, of law and order in the cosmos. In the cosmos, you become what you think you want to become and you strive to become is always mind over matter. As I've mentioned before, the Prophet said, Form a good opinion about your Lord. Hold your Lord in high esteem, in good esteem. Once you do that, then the hadith of the Prophet in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that I am with the opinion of my law, of my servant about me. If my servant believes that I am this way, I am this way. And if my servant believes I am this way, then I am that way. Allah will reciprocate the way you believe in Him. So if in your mind Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to be this way, because human beings have failed and there is no hope for humans, then that is what's going to happen in your life. And if you believe Allah will forgive and I should forgive, I should move on, Allah will help us move on and there's more hope and there's always light at the end of the tunnel, then that is what's going to happen. So this active participation by the divine in our own individual lives is what this hadith of Qudsi is saying. That he may then think of me the way he wants to. The divine reciprocates, not in the sense of that there is some physical interference or participation, but it's in your mind. It's a law of nature. It's cause and effect. That if you are going to see Allah is going to help you, then He will help you. And if you don't believe that, then He's not going to help you. It's a very simple formula. People who make it big in, in the world today, they usually do so because they think that way. Usually. 
unless obviously destiny overcomes it. Right. And if you're somebody says, I'm not going to make it big and remain behind, then that's what's going to happen. But those who strive, those who strive to discourage others from seeing the signs of Allah, in our signs, Mu'ajizin, as if they're going to overcome us and overwhelm us to make us, uh, render us incapable and handicap us, then for them there's punishment. So if somebody's on the right track and somebody is thinking positive, if somebody's optimistic, you don't cut the, that person down, you don't cut that society institution down, you don't cut those people down. You know, this is not going to happen, you live in fantasy. No, it's not a fantasy, because the greatest fantasy for the non-believer is that there is life after death. As a believer, we believe that we'll survive death, and we have another life, which is going to be perfect. So whatever Allah can do in the Akhirah, He will definitely help you also here in this world. So don't stop people from believing in Allah's Rahmah and believing Allah's ability to create praiseworthy results. The frame of Alhamdulillah, frame of Alhamdulillah. Very important uh, frame for all Muslims to rediscover. We always pessimistic for everything in the world. About ourselves, never mind everything. It's not going to happen. It will happen. It takes one spark from the divine to motivate you in the right direction. وَيَرَى الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْعِلْمَ الَّذِي أُنزِلَ إِلَيْكَ مِنْ رَبِّكَ هُوَ الْحَقِّ Next I say وَيَهْدِي إِلَى صِرَاطِ الْعَزِيزِ الْحَمِيدِ Those who believe and see those whom Allah has given knowledge those who have been given knowledge they see what do they see? what do they believe? That what is revealed to you from your Lord, it is the truth. So when you believe in the Prophet, and you believe in the Prophet Muhammad you will see that what he says is the truth. And in front of the truth, falsehood does not stand. So you have a truth, and you have a falsehood. The truth is Allah does create, and he does forgive, and he does allow you and help you to move on. That is the truth. The truth is there is an Akhirah. The truth is there is a Jannah. That is the truth. And those who say otherwise, they are hanging on to something that's false. So we should not be party to those and with those who hang on to a falsehood. Just because they are friends or they are part of society is what makes society ticks. People always say that whatever makes society tick, we should do that. No. There is a truth and there is falsehood. You must have your own inner strength to see and visualize what it is you want your future to be, especially after you die. وَيَهْدِي إِلَىٰ صِرَاطِ الْعَزِيزِ الْحَمِيدِ And uh, Allah subhanahu wa guides towards whatever Allah has revealed upon you, O Muhammad وسلم, meaning the Quran and Wahi, it guides people towards the path of the one who is supreme and mighty and the one who is praiseworthy. Al-Aziz Al-Hamid, who is supreme and mighty, all-powerful and worthy of praise in whatever he does.
This was the mindset of the Prophet all the other Prophets before him, and all the Sahaba that they went with this formula to succeed in life and their own individual lives, whatever they became, they did not stop them from believing in the wellness and the welfare of the Ummah. So you, you see how Allah subhanahu wa does this for the whole Ummah. And you see that it is the right path in calling people towards Allah the Akhirah. And that's how you frame your life so that you don't do anything that's going to lead you towards your own destruction. وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا هَلْ نَذُلُّكُمْ عَلَىٰ رَجُلٍ يُنَبِّئُكُمْ إِذَا مُزِّقْتُمْ كُلَّمَ مَزَّقٍ إِنَّكُمْ لَفِي خَلْقٍ Those who disbelieve, those who do not believe in the Akhirah, those who don't believe, first of all, that God has the ability and power to recreate and to bring forth a day of judgment, what do they say? One of their misguided conceptions is that you know when we are when we are totally shattered, decimated in our ways. Shall I? Shall we not inform you of a man? Shall we not inform you of a man? I mean, this person who is telling you about the hereafter and life after death, he's a man like you. Where does he get this knowledge from? He's a man. He's not a nabi. Yunabbi'ukum. But since he informs you, not as a Nabi, but as a man. So the difference, we just say, they did not concede that the Rasul was a Nabi. So the Quran uses the word man. They use the word man. That this man, who claims he knows what the future is, he informs you as a Nabi does anyway. What does he inform you? That when you are totally decimated, Utterly shattered. That there's nothing left of you in the grave and you're totally decomposed. He is telling you that uh, indeed you'll be in a new creation. Meaning after you've gone, you've withered away, there's nothing left of you in the grave. There will be a new creation. There will be a new world. And there will be a new life. He is saying this. Who? A man. He's a man like you. So it's this age-old contention of every non-believer, every disbeliever, every atheist, that first of all, why should we trust anything that any other man says? And the only way we can trust what any other man says, meaning human being, is if we can prove it empirically, and we can prove it with our own sense perception, or at least through a reasonable mind, that this is the truth. That's still the contention. Young people, when they go to college and university, they have the same issue that why do we believe in Muhammad? He's just a man like ours, like, like we are. Right, it's the same strand of kufr, same strand of rebellion against God. But if you are a believer in the first place and you see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sending a man to represent him in front of you is a ni'mah. You say, Alhamdulillah, <coughs> I believe in a human being. His name is Muhammad Wasallam, and he is the Nabi of Allah. He informs us about what Allah wants us to know. So you'll see a Nabi as a ni'mah, not just a human being. Right? 
The issue is that when you have relationships with people and you see people as only an ordinary human being like you, then you compare everybody to you. So, if your parents are human beings like you, then you see them as like you. And if your spouse is a human being like you, then you see that as you. If your children are human beings like you, then you see them as you. You're going to compare everybody to you. But the Quran says there are relationships that Allah has given all human beings in a community society where a Nabi is not just a human being, he's a Nabi. And you must see that relationship between you and him as a ni'mah, as a gift from Allah. And whenever you see a gift from Allah, you say, Alhamdulillah. So whenever you see your relationship with your parents, you say, Alhamdulillah. Whenever you see, whenever you see your relationships with your spouse and your children, you say, Alhamdulillah. It, it's a positive approach to all human beings. So the, the, the problem with the kuffar of Quraysh and also every other person who fits the bill is that they, they relegate every human being to the lowest level of the humanity and say they're all the same. Right. So therefore, you don't change or reform or reconcile because everybody's human. Here the Quran says that if it's just a man who's telling you that there is a day of judgment, and that's your first problem. Your first problem is that you're seeing Muhammad wasallam as an ordinary man. He's not an ordinary man. He is a very special man. So as a special man, meaning a Nabi, he informs you of the haqq, the truth. And likewise, you, you spread this theory throughout your life. And you see that, okay, once I know that my relationship with others has to be reformed and corrected, then I always say, Alhamdulillah. Aren't you happy you have parents? Aren't you happy that you have a spouse? Aren't you happy that you have children? Aren't you happy that you have friends and relatives? And or are you unhappy of the fact that uh, you have such people in your life? Now, they will make mistakes. That's a different story. This is you make mistakes. Which is also a different story. Right. But with the Nabi, he doesn't make a mistake. The Nabi, he is ma'asub. With the Nabi, he is infallible. With the Nabi, he does not commit a sin because he's the role model. So when this Nabi who is representing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells you that against all odds, that even when you are totally shattered and destroyed and decimated in your grave, you have another life, which is a paradox. So for the Bedouin Arab and for all atheists in the world, this is absurd. They find it absurd that it is inconceivable that this can happen. What have happened in your theory in the first place when everything came together and you came somewhere on the scene through this process of whatever you call evolution, whatever you like to call it. I, I don't know what it's called. Millions and millions of years of human experience or the, the, the experience of nature and then all of a sudden nature and everything, created everything together. Whatever that, although it's very simplistic, statement, but the bottom line is the same. If you believe that in this world, in this universe, you came about, then why can't you say that in another universe, you can come about again? You don't have to bend over backwards and 
whatever you want to be, to believe that. So Allah says, give up all this, uh, you know, academic, intellectual gymnastics. Just believe that God is there, and if He's created you here, He's more than capable of creating you there. He created you and Adam from nothing, from Torah, from dust, and He's going to recreate you from Torah and dust, in your grave, from your grave. مِنْهَا خَلَقْنَاكُمْ وَفِيهَا نُعِيدُكُمْ وَمِنْهَا نُخْرِجُكُمْ أُخْرَى It is from dust that we created you, and it is into dust that we will send you back, and it is from the same dust that we will recreate you. The Quran says, yes, it is about the Turab, it's about the dust. Yeah? It is that. Now, in the name of science and progress, you are very quick to take pride in the fact that we have developed and progressed so much that we can create anything we want from a stem cell. A microscopic cell, you take pride in. We can create from this as a sign and a proof of your excellence. But you don't want to give God that credit from creating from his dust. See the arrogance? Man's arrogance is always going to be his hijab, his barrier between him and God. So, you can do this, why can't God do the same thing? So here, this, this man, meaning the Prophet is informing people that when you are totally destroyed in your grave, you are going to be recreated. It's a phenomenal statement of Allah's abilities. Allah's powers. Now, what's the what's the, the, the value of this? The value of this is that Muslims, when they believe in Allah in this world, take that reality of being recreated in the other world and say, look, if Allah can do this, recreate me on the day of judgment from dust and from speck of nothing, then what's stopping him from helping me here? Nothing. I'm the block. I'm the barrier. I'm the hijab. I'm the parda. I'm the reason why things don't happen for me. Why? Because I don't appropriate my belief in the akhirah to this world. That is why in many ahadith the Prophet used this statement, Man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawmil akhir. Whoever believes in God on the last day, you should do this. Why believe in God and the last day come together? Because belief in the last day means that you believe Allah will recreate you from nothing. Is that true? So why don't you just extend that belief here? As it just says, Allah will create me on the day of judgment, recreate me, Allah will create, inshallah, a road for me, a path for me, an exit for me, a strategy for me, an opening for me good things for me here. But that is how the Rasul trained the Sahaba and the people who followed them and they were able to do what we simply don't understand today. What they achieved in a small amount of time is not only phenomenal, it is a miracle that we were able to establish this great civilization all the way from the Atlantic to the seas of China in such a short time. 
and that is unparalleled in human history. Why? Because we believed in the power of Allah to recreate us on the Day of Judgment. And we believed in the Day of Judgment. That excelled, that, 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 that prompted us and thrust us towards the creation of Allah in this world. But you won't find too many sympathizers about this theory if you're stuck in science and technology without God. Likewise, in life and society. And this, this aqeedah is so, so aggressive and so forward-thinking, literally, and so visionary and so positive that if Muslims held on to this and applied this theory and aqeedah of the akhirah, then we should not have any psychological issues or societal issues and negativity in our lives. We say, Inna Allah ala kulli shayin qadir. Indeed, Allah is capable of doing anything and everything when He wants to. The trick is, how do we get Allah to do what we want? And the answer is simple. When we do what He wants, when we do what Allah wants, Allah will do what He wants. And when we don't do what He wants, and sin, and then rebel, and become arrogant, and all this, then there's this punishment. The punishment of negativity. Negativity is a punishment. Pessimism is a punishment. It's not a psychological disorder. It's a punishment from God. So you say, La ilaha illallah. Then you remove it. I'm not saying that. Don't go and see a shrink if you need to. I'm not saying that. They have their risk also to worry about. So you give them their money. That's fine. Why I'm saying that if you're a true believer, you won't have this problem. You should not have this problem. Because you believe in God. And you do your salat. And you make tawbah. And then you do your zikr. And you do give your sadqah. If you believe that Allah will do what you want Him to do, when you do what He wants you to do, then you're a believer. Then you're positive. So these ayat of the Quran, they appeal to us in today's society not only because they're abstract truths, but because they are so relevant in this time as we are speaking uh, in this week. Right. There's always hope uh, in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you place your hope in human beings, they will fail you because they're human. And that's not necessarily something to look down upon. Human beings fail you. That's life. Right? So, you, you, as I mentioned on, on Friday, you can't throw away and chuck away human beings, dispose of them as if they're gadgets. You can dispose of your phone if it doesn't work. You can dispose of your car if it doesn't work. And you can dispose of other things that are material, even you can replace your house. But you cannot replace human beings. And once we ascribe materialism to the human, then we see human beings as gadgets, to use the modern terminology, as smartphones. Oh, this thing doesn't work anymore. Let me get another one. So, where are you going to get another uh, parent from? Where are you going to get another brother and sister from? Where are you going to get another relationship from? Where are you going to get another society from? This ummah is what you have, brother. It is what it is. Right? Where are you going to find another billion and a half Muslims in the world? They ain't coming very quickly. 
and those who are here, they want to leave. So you cannot replace the value of that Allah has placed in the human being once the human being believes in him. Because the, the, the reformation starts with recreating the belief in Allah, just as Allah is going to recreate the human being on the Day of Judgment. But that belief on that day will be too late. So now you have to try and improve the mindset of believers that in this world Allah will do what you want Him to do. But when? When you do what He wants you to do as individuals and as a community. Now those people who are much of individuals and they're very good and pious, they should extend this niyama to others by saying, believe in Allah. Believe in Allah. Things will happen because that's just the law of order uh, in this world also. Now the Quraysh are saying uh, against the Prophet that is he fabricating a lie against God because the Quraysh believed in God. They believed in Allah. The problem was they believed in others with him. They committed shirk. They committed shirk because they said there are others that are also God-like and they are divine, and they started worshipping them through uh, making statues and idols out of them. So they said, uh, is he fabricating a lie against God by saying that there is a day of judgment and akhirah? Or does he have a sense of madness with him? Is there some insanity with him? So this is what the Quraysh used to say about the Prophet wasallam. Uh, that he, he's, he, he's telling you about uh, a, an incredible event after you die. First of all, how does he know that? He hasn't been there. And if he, if he was there, we don't believe him. Number, one. Number two, uh, that if he is not saying this from God, then he's a madman. He's insane. Uh, he has a little bit of madness with him. So, you know, Allah then says that you don't have to look at him. To see whether or not he's a he's a nabi, you have to look at the people who don't believe in God. But the fact of the matter is that those who do not believe in the akhirah, in the hereafter, they are in punishment and a very manifest error. That you look at their lives and their lifestyles and you look at the conclusions of their lifestyle and the results of their lifestyle. You look at that as proof as to whether or not they're rightly guided. Right? All the great artists uh, and entertainers in the world and all politicians in this country. Look at their guidance or their misguidance and you'll see it can't be right. If you're a sane person in this country, you'll say, this cannot be right. It's not the way forward for human beings that they are going to uh, talk about all of these uh, you know, disturbing ideas and philosophies. And you look at the lives and lifestyles of other people who are so-called leaders of the human industry, which is what we have become. We've become an industry, unfortunately. You'll see that they're manic depressants and they aren't drugs and they... They are on booze and they do this and they do that. You say, okay, what kind of lifestyle is that? Bolal in Ba'id. Very, very far-fetched manifest error. Very far away from the truth. That's all you have to do. The proof is in the pudding. 
that if you can't find sukoon with all the wealth and the honor and the prestige and the name and glory that you have and all the power in the world that you have and all the, the education that you have in the world, you still come down to the basics of human relationship. I don't have someone I can trust because I don't trust anybody and I don't give trust to anybody. Then you are doomed as a human society. Human civilization. This is what Allah is saying to human beings that you don't have to look at Muhammad because Muhammad life is uh, all but perfect. His ability to speak the truth and to remain honest and to keep his integrity is a proof that he's not insane. Insane people don't uh, speak the truth every time they speak. Insane people aren't honest every time they are in front of people. Insane people do not worship Allah the way Muhammad did. Insane people do not help people the way Muhammad did. Insane people do not remove grievances and problems from people's lives the way the Prophet did. So he's not insane. He is above that. He's in control of his emotions. But if you want to know who is insane, Look at the community you live in. Look at the ideals of the civilization you live in and you will see that they're misguided. So when a community believes in the Akhirah and believes that Allah is going to ask us for our actions and Allah has the ability to do what he does, which is great in this world also, then that society, that community, in principle, in theory, is a good community, which is the, uh, the point of the surah. The point of so there are two stories. One is the story of Dawood and Suleiman, and the other is the story of Sheba. And the both stories are mentioned: one as a positive community, the other as a negative community, which turned negative after being blessed with the materialistic gifts and bounties from Allah Subhanahu. Both stories are mentioned in the next few ayats. So now. At, at the level of a society and civilization, we see the Qur'an is appealing to the reader that if you want to know whether or not your ideal is good, then look at your own personal life in the community that you live in. If you can say, I don't have a problem, then you're lying. Because you do. And, as I said, there's nothing wrong with that because how do you resolve the problem is through your belief in Allah and your behavior according to the sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad If you do not believe in that, then you'll resort to creation. I have a problem, so let me take more drugs. I have a problem, let me drink more. I have a problem, let me womanize more. I have a problem, let me be free more. I have a problem, let me have fun more in the wrong way. I have a problem, let me backbite. I have a problem, let me kill people. I have a problem, let me become this maniac. But then, I'll go on the stage and I'll perform and everybody will give me a standing ovation after my performance. Voila. That's life. Right. So, here the Quran says that The fact is, those who don't believe in the Akhirah and they don't believe there's accountability for their lives in this world and they don't believe in God's ability to help them, independent of creation, they are where? Like that. 
Self-imposed punishment. Self-inflicted punishment. Self-created punishment. Very, very far off. Misguided. They, they, they are far from the truth. Far from the right path. And this is what the Quran is saying. And that understand your uh, belief in Allah and your ability to follow the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, and copy him in your methodology is what's going to save you in this life. That's the only way that a Muslim knew and it's the only way we know and it's the only way Muslims will know in order to save themselves from the perils of the problems they have created themselves. That's the final uh, nail in our coffin in this world. Now what is the solution? solution is Alhamdulillah. Let's, let's look at what Allah has given us. Allah has given us Iman. Allah has given us the Prophet. Allah has given us Quran. Allah has given us Islam. Allah has given us parents. Allah has given us families. Allah has given us children. Allah has given us all these inamat. A house, a roof, a car, this and that. Allah has given us a life. All these inamat should engender positive thinking. The so-called problems become minimalized when you see what Allah has given you already. When you compare. Not to others. To what you have already. So in the, in the sea and ocean of Allah's inamat and blessings, if the wave comes, then ride it. Negotiate it. Navigate it. Don't drown in your self-centered pity for yourself. And say, I have problems. Okay. So make sure the wave doesn't come into your ship. Because if the wave comes into your ship, then you're doomed. For you, then the solution is Allah and the Rasul, belief in the Akhirah. And you see, this is what's going to help us even in this trying time, inshallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us a mind. He's given us a faith. He's given us a belief system. Through all of that, we will be able to, inshallah, ride the wave, which hopefully won't be that big. We make no Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us and preserve us. We make no Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to see His inamat, His blessings, as blessings. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to live in this world in such a way that when we meet Him, He is pleased with us and we are pleased with Him. أمين يا رب العالمين صلى الله تعالى عليه وسلم وعليه وسلم وعليه وسلم